Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Life Beyond the Lens. I'm your host, Ken Nelson, and on today's episode, I have Keith Eldred, who's an inspector with MDARD, and also Jan Musin, who's a manager at the Brian Seed Company. And today they're on the podcast to talk about plant health. Um, thank you all both for coming on. How are you all doing today? I'm doing fine. I'm doing well. Thank you. Great, great, great. So I have a couple of questions for you all today. And uh, Jan, I'm going to start with you. Um, so so when is the best time to to buy hanging baskets? You know, that's popular now. And, and now I, I was at the store a couple of days ago and saw a lot of people just coming out of the stores with hanging baskets. And so so um, when is the best time to buy hanging baskets? And, and for those who don't have a green thumb, which plants do you recommend? Yeah, well, hanging baskets, you know, you can buy them anytime you see a Mother's Day is probably the normal time we uh, sell hanging baskets, but it's usually not the last time we get a frost. So if you get a hanging basket and you've got it outside, you're going to have to prepare to bring it in and out um, as the weather changes. So just keep that in mind. But you know, anytime you can do it. Um, and our most popular ones, uh, petunias and geraniums are always, always terribly um, popular and pretty, uh, pretty low maintenance and almost anybody could do it. You know, I didn't know if I should jump in or not. Um, you know, when you're talking about buying baskets, I know my greenhouses, I mean, they got red, white, and blue baskets that are going to be coming out for the Memorial Day. Yes. They're going to have, uh, yeah. you know, the, the fall colored, uh, you know, baskets, even with mums in them coming out for, you know, September, October. Uh, so I think, you know, the whole basket thing, it happens all through the growing season. Great. So, so, so what are some of the most um, common problems you see uh, when it comes to planting and taking care of plants? Well, this time of year, we get a lot of people that come in and go, I planted my, say, beans four weeks ago and nothing has come up. It's just planting at the wrong time. You know, hey, I've got time in March to plant my beans and I'm gonna do it then even though the soil is too cold. So we get a lot of that. So plant at the correct time. Um, Michigan Extension, um, it's got great um, planting charts or we've got them here at the store too where you can download them on our website. Um, planting chart of when to plant things in Michigan. And the next big thing is watering. How often do you recommend fertilizing the plants? Well, I'd like to, it kind of depends on what you're going to do. I mean, Osmocote, it's going to last all season long, but if you're going to use one of the organic ones, you might want to do it more often. And I know a lot of people will do just the miracle Grow or an, a, something that dissolves in water and they will do that. Um, like, a very low dose of it every week just so they don't forget it and honestly I don't think you can stress your annual plants too much I keep fertilizing so you get more flowers so now so Jan talk a little bit about soil like what, what's some some good soil that we can use in containers uh, when we're planting well you know soil is a very important part of it you can make your own soil or you can buy it um I a lot of times like to make my own and it, I and I do the, my recipe is four parts of compost, two parts of peat moss, one part vermiculite and one part perlite, but not everybody's going to want all of that stuff in their garage. So, 
you know, there are some wonderful potting soils are out on the market. Just make sure they've got some vermiculite. That's those little white things in there because we we need drainage and most plants don't like to keep their feet wet. So we want drainage and remember to water them a lot. I always go with the commercial uh, brands, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, the miracle Grow that's out there or whatever. Black usually, gold, yeah. Yeah, I usually do put a little extra compost in there. So I, I have my own little recipe as well um, because I have find that a lot of these commercial ones are a little too light. You know, it's good to put a little... Uh, compost in there to you know kind of what I would say sweeten them up so that they have a little more staying power through this through the growing season good idea yeah very good idea so without getting too into weeds I, I had a question I know Jan when you mentioned the mixture you make your own soil um yeah. what is if if you you, you mentioned the ingredients I mean what are those particular <laughs> ingredients that make up the soil that make it you know I guess um rich for the plants well, I've got my compost pile where I get my compost from. I'm, you know, you keep turning it and it's a fun thing to do. If you've got room to do it, a compost pile is, I mean, almost essential, I would think. And it just keeps, it gets a lot of nutrients into the, into the soil. Peat moss gets it a little lighter because my compost tends to be very dark and heavy. And vermiculite and perlite just help with that drainage. Um, otherwise you water compost and it would stay right there. So a lot of little different parts of potting soil that most people don't know about. Wow. Yeah, no, I I, I didn't know about that. I, I would see the white things and I never knew <laughs> <laughs> what they what were. What are they? Yeah. Right. <laughs> so this is very interesting. And you can buy that commercially. I, I'm, I'm confident Jan has it at the store. You know, straight compost is almost like a sponge. Um, yes. You know, if it's if it's really good, nice, thick compost, it, it just holds that water. And again, for a lot of these plants, as she mentioned, you got to get that water through there. You got to get some air in around those roots because uh, they start getting waterlogged, you're going to lose them. So we're talking about watering plants and, and, and the importance of that. And so talk about how can you tell when a plant needs to be watered? Um, and if you have a lot of, of deer in the area, what, what plants can you buy that deer will avoid feeding on? I... I water my plants. I stick my finger in the soil. If it's wet, I don't need to water it. If it's dry, I need to water it. Um, there are meters that you can put in the soil too, but I find my finger works just as good as anything else. I would totally agree. You know, if it's uh, start, and of course you always going to see some wilting, you know, these next couple of days, it's going to be sunny, hot. Um, you know, I probably will water some of my plants in the morning. And when I get home at the end of the day, they'll look a little wilty and I'll give them another shot uh, just to keep them perked up and going. So, uh, but I, I would agree that you're probably your best uh, resource for that is the old index finger. So, so Keith, what role does MDART, now you're an inspector with MDART, MDART so what role does um, MDART play in, in ensuring nursery stock is safe? Well, we're really working behind the scenes. Uh, we are regulators. Um, we're out there to make sure that the plants that you buy uh, are free of insects and diseases. Um, and so uh, I, I do have to back up a little bit. We work with hardy stock, nursery stock, tree shrubs, perennials, um, the annuals and some of the vegetables. We really don't look at those because again, they're, they're gonna come fall, you know, 
uh, freeze out or whatever the case may be. But uh, we have inspectors uh, working with nurseries uh, around the state, making sure that the plants that they're offering at your box stores or at your uh, little nursery center are good, healthy plants uh, that are going to do well and perform, perform well in your yard for years to come. So what are some of the uh, common plant diseases to look out for? Well, we're all always looking for, um, you know, the root rots. And again, a lot of that has to do with watering. If, if uh, you don't have good soil, good drainage, um, those, uh, those plants will start to show low vigor, as we call it. They'll start to become yellow and, and uh, suffering. Um, and it could be from a variety of things, but a lot of times it could be a rot that's going on in that soil. And a lot of that has to do with drainage. But, you know, there are leaf spots and, of course, uh, a lot of insects out there that are always uh, out and about looking for an easy meal, aphids and, and so forth. And so we're uh, constantly working with those growers. And, and again, these growers know what a good healthy plant is as well. Uh, they don't want to sell you something that's not going to perform. And so uh, we're just kind of coming in there, working in the background with our nurseries and greenhouses uh, to make sure that they're providing quality stock. So Keith, um, you, you talk about some of the um, diseases that to look out for with plants, but I know that there, there are some invasive species and there are some exotics, um, plants and things that can come and attack, you know, our plants and, and gardens. And so could you talk about um, some of those invasive species and some of those exotics? Um, could you explain that to the audience? Sure. Our division uh, of the Department of Agriculture and Rural Development is really kind of on the front line of dealing with those. Last year, we had a pretty serious a uh, disease pop-up called Ralstonia, which uh, is a devastating disease of potatoes, uh, but unfortunately can be carried around on, on geraniums, on um, pelargoniums that, that Jan talked about earlier. So we worked with numerous greenhouses last year and unfortunately had to throw away a lot of plants that were potentially infested with this very dangerous disease to agriculture in Michigan. So uh, we're working on that as well. You know, we've got a couple of insects that are really problematic here on the west side in our native hemlocks is a, a little insect called hemlock woolly adelgid. And so we've put quarantines in place to try to protect our native plants and also the nursery industry. And, and unfortunately there's others out there, spotted lanternfly. I don't know if you've heard of that insect, it's out on the East Coast, but we're uh, hoping that that never arrives in Michigan because again, it's a very devastating insect pest that's difficult to control. And so a part of our activities is, is working with industry and with consumers to to try to work with those uh, those exotics as well. Oh, thank you for sharing that. Um, yeah, this has been really informative. Uh, this has been uh, some great information. And so I, I don't know if you have you guys have anything else that you want to throw in here, that you may have that may have left out. Um, that you want to share anything else before we get out of here? Uh, could I talk about um, container gardening and what to put at the bottom of a container yes, when you're putting yes. soil in? <laughs> Yes, go ahead. Okay, when you're planting a pot uh, for uh, in a container, and I don't care if it's a geranium or a tomato or whatever, and you've got your pot, and a lot of people, you know, there's a hole in the bottom for drainage, which is the perfect thing to have, and a lot of people will take stones or break up some pottery or something and put it in the bottom, and then put their soil on top of that, so the soil doesn't go out the bottom problem with that is it just causes this barrier where the water does not go through the before the water can go through the soil has to be absolutely soaked and before it goes through so do not put stones crockery whatever on the bottom of your pots um, 
a coffee filter to cover the to cover the uh, holes is fine and that's all you need my sister cuts up cuts up a piece of screen and puts it on the bottom but don't put the rocks down there please 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 the key is to have good drainage I, and we we yes. use the screen as well you know uh, used yep. to be i did use a broken pot or or uh, you know I, something yes factor, but, um i've learned better so i've gone to uh to some old we always got some old uh, screen laying around uh, put that over the hole that holds in the soil but allows that free flow of water to get out of there so those rooms don't drown. Yes, very, very important. And Keith, um, for anyone who's listening who's interested to learn more about uh, Michigan's floriculture and what MDART is doing to um, keep it safe, where can they find that information? Yeah, we've got some great uh, websites out there as well. You can go michigan.gov slash invasives. We'll take you to our invasives page and talk, give you information about hemlock, woolly adelgid or spotted ladder and fly. Um, so good sources there, and, and you can call us as well. We have someone at our customer service line uh, during the day, 1-800-292-3939. Uh, someone will answer your call if you've got a, a question about a nursery situation or you think you found spotted lanternfly, please call us and we'll follow up on it. Thank you so much. And I'll put that information in our show notes for you all listening. Um, so thank you again, both of you, for coming on the show. And uh, thank you all for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye.